You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. Gary Steingart is the author of the Russian Debutante's Handbook, Absurdistan. His new novel is Super Sad, True Love Story. Thank you for joining me, Gary. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Gary, you've written a, a lot of satires, and you created an entire country to uh, for your last book called Absurdistan, which was where, you, where it was set. Um, your new novel is also, in a sense, creates uh, an entire world to with which you talk about. Uh, t- um, tell me about creating, trying to keep up with uh, a present that satirizes itself uh, and, and create a future that does so as well. It's very hard to do so because there's, uh, the feeling I have is that we're not really living in any kind of present anymore. Everything is always set to the future. So, you know, Tolstoy, for example, when he was uh, writing War and Peace in the 1860s, he was writing about 1812, many, many years before, and uh, a horse was still a horse and a carriage was still a carriage. And there were some advances in technology, obviously, but it was still certain things you could count on. But these days, uh, the moment I write about something, it's, uh, it pretty much disappears. Uh, when I started writing this book in 2006, I had some crazy ideas about uh, you know, the collapse of um, uh, Lehman Brothers and certain banks, and uh, I took a ride in a Chevy, and I thought, oh, my God, how can these companies, GM and other companies, how can they even survive? This thing is a piece of crap. You know, it's horrible. Um, and as the, uh, the years went by and the months went by, these things actually started happening. So I constantly had to change the story and make things worse and worse and worse and worse, you know, and uh, to the point where in the end the whole country collapses and is bought out by a Norwegian hedge fund. So it, it, was, it, was, it was quite tough to do that, to, to keep up with... Uh, I almost said, uh, I almost thought to myself, I wish I were a blogger instead of a novelist so I could just, you know, keep this stuff going uh, on a daily basis. Well, you know, one of the things that, that, that I love about this book is the interplay between language and technology because it's one thing to think of a technology or a social trend, and it's another to give it a kind of name and, and a terminology that brings it to life. So talk about... Uh, what you create in here is you create as much language as technology, and it makes me think that our world is as much a, a creation of language as it is of technology. Well, our world is, uh, the technology is, is subsuming the, the world of language and the world of books and the world of printed matter. Everything is being swallowed. And I, I'm not a Luddite. You know, I, I, I have an iPhone, and I, I caress it and love it, and it's a, it's a good device. But um, it all happened a little bit too fast. It almost feels like human beings are having trouble uh, the technology is outpacing our ability to absorb what it's doing to us. Uh, and I think at this point we are just so in love with it that there's a, there's a, there's a lack of connection on a more human level. You know, you, you, you go to a bar or a restaurant and you hear people of all ages, and what are they talking about? They're talking about the latest app or the latest, uh, the latest technological invention. And it, it almost seems that they're doing it to the, uh, to the detriment of everything else around them. So the world in which I created everything is, uh, that world has reached its logical conclusion. And uh, only technology and attempts to uh, recreate youth, to go back to a youthful being, is, uh, that those are the only things that matter. And introspection and any other kind of uh, human quality is really shunted aside. So people speak in these endless acronyms, the way people already do, but even more so. One is uh, TIMATOV, T-I-M-A-T-O-V, which means think I'm about to openly vomit. 
which is something that uh, the youthful character in this book, Eunice Park, keeps saying to Lenny Abramov, the, the hero who is uh, 15 years older than her, but who is also um, you know, completely uh, from a different planet, a planet where books still exist, for example. You know, one of the things that makes your your novels, and this one in particular, so um, affecting is not just that it's funny and that you manage to make us laugh, but also that you have such a keen observation of the human heart. And, and I, I'm thinking of, in, in the opening passages, you, you talk about uh, being a parent, and, and I really love these kind of, you know, these heartfelt observations that when you cast them against even just our world, they seem uh, they seem kind of scary sometimes. Well, I think you know the the sort of the strategy. If if if, if there was any strategy behind writing this book, because when I write books, for the, a lot of the time they just sort of pour right out of me. Um, if there was any kind of strategy, it was trying to retain as much humanity as possible in a world where humanity is sort of debased. Uh, that's not a new strategy. If you think of a book like uh, Orwell's 1984. You know, really, the the more passionate, poignant parts of it are the the love affair between Winston and Julia. That's what you really remember when you close the book, uh, and also, of course, the the sort of uh, the society that tries to tear them apart. Uh, that's something that's been you know the, the subject of literature for quite a while, and it's a very worthwhile subject. So, you take a society that's that's um, not going in a good direction, um, and you pit two people who love each other for certain reasons, and who are torn apart by the society around them. And it's, uh, that creates the kind of tension that I enjoy, and also you kind of root for them. As I was writing this book, I began to really love my characters and to really almost want for them to somehow, against all odds, to find each other and to survive. You know, one of the things you were saying was that it hardly seems like we live in the present anymore. And, and I really like that idea because it does seem to me... Uh, I talked once with a science fiction novelist named Kim Stanley Robinson, and his his take on it was that we are living in a bad science fiction novel. <laughs> yeah. and, and so I'm wondering if you could talk about, um, a, as you were creating your future, how did you look at the present and kind of recast the present in as the future? You want to create a world that feels real and possible and mm-hmm. probable. You know, that, that was probable is, is the best way to describe it. Uh, in science fiction, I mean, one of the things that I did as I started writing this book is the science part of it began to retreat to the point where it's even hard for me to label this as science fiction. It's almost speculative fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and growing up, I read a lot of Isaac Asimov's science fiction magazine, uh, all this kind of stuff. I'm blessed almost by the fact that I know so little about science. Mm. So, in some ways, the, the book doesn't become uh, overburdened by science because I don't know any of it. I had a research assistant who spoon-fed me some facts. But for the most part, you know, I, I'm out on a limb when it comes to this stuff, and I'm out on a limb when figuring out how technology works. And, you know, if you've ever seen me program an iPhone, it's, it's a sad thing. I don't know what I'm doing, you know. So, in some ways, uh, this allowed me to bridge the gap between my main character, Lenny, who is also lost in a new world you know, unsure of, of how to navigate the new world. Um, and, um, you know, it's been, it, it, was, it was interesting to do that, uh, to write about, when I write about Russia, for example, it's, it's, I'm writing about something that I know quite well about. You know, one of the things that I, that I think is really interesting about this book is this concept of uh, Lenny, who's kind of, uh, to a certain extent, as far as uh, 40 
Uh, yeah. 40-something counts for old. He's growing old in a world where it's no longer necessary to do so. And, and it strikes me that one of the, the um, instant karma strikebacks of, of such a world is that nobody ever grows up. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I mean, uh, the world that Lenny lives in, uh, and he works for a company called Posthuman Services, and it's a company that's desperately trying to do away with death for its very, very rich clientele. And Lenny, who's, you know, whose childhood wasn't so great, loves this idea, and he just wants very much to, uh, you know, to, to create a, another future for himself, another youth for himself, really. One way he does it is by dating Eunice, who is, uh, who is much younger than him. Uh, and another way he does it is... Um, you know, he uh, tries to save up enough money to buy himself these dechronification treatments. Uh, and at one point, uh, there's a party for, for these rich, for these billionaires who have all uh, paid money for the dechronification treatments, and they're, you know, going around with skateboards and wearing the, you know, the same kind of sweatshirts that an 18-year-old would wear. And they're desperately trying to recreate their youth. And one of the interesting things about post-human services, and there are certain... Uh, companies in America that are now trying to do this, that are trying to create a kind of uh, immortality for their clients, uh, a lot of the people that subscribe to it are men. Uh, almost all of them are men. Uh, it almost seems as if women are too busy thinking of, of immortality through progeny, through having children, and it's almost all men who want to uh, preserve their, themselves forever. That's a really interesting observation. Uh, you know, I never, never thought about that. Um, could you talk about uh, creating characters who live in an imaginary world? Because you have to create every aspect of their character um, in, in terms of all the details of their clothes and their attitudes and creating a society of the future as well. Yeah, actually that was a lot of fun, you know, because uh, for so many of my previous books, like Absurdistan, where I went to the former Soviet Union uh, for long periods of time and, uh, you know, took notes and sort of, checked out what was happening and, and became very much immersed in that kind of society. I mean, that was wonderful, you know. Um, but it, it was mostly, you, you would, I would use my imagination, but I would mostly have to rely on a more repertorial kind of uh, looking at things. Uh, here I felt a lot uh, better because I started to create things from, from whole cloth. You know, I mean, obviously there's some basis in reality, but in terms of creating new brands of clothes and new, uh, I mean, some of them I can't even mention on, a, on any kind of radio station. <laughs> You know, um, uh, but there's um, it was it was a lot of fun uh, to to create things from whole cloth, and uh, in doing so, I really also had to perk up my ears and, for example, listen to how young people speak. And I'm very happy to teach at Columbia University, where we have some, of course, very smart young people, and, and just to, to to hear how how they sound and how different they sound from the way we sounded back in the day. I've been speaking with Gary Steingart. His new novel is Super Sad True Love Story. He'll be at Bookshop Santa Cruz on Sunday, August 8th, and I'll be engaging him in a long conversation about this book and most entertaining. Thank you for joining me, Gary. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.